the Insomniac Show with Nicolette and Brian. We'll get real deep with you. Educating, inspiring, and solving problems with some of the most inspirational humans on the planet. Buckle up and come on the journey. I'm excited. All right, guys, I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here with the Michelle Lynette. She is an author, a businesswoman, a philanthropist. She is an inspirational leader, and she is here to inspire us a little bit today. And we just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, why thank don't you, you kick- for having me on? Yeah, absolutely. You know, why don't you kick us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Um, I understand there was a little bit of loss in there and and some sadness that brought you to, um, you know, mm-hmm. the corporate sector. So if, if you want to tell us a little bit about your journey, that'd be great. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with how this all got to, uh, came together. Um, I started writing at the age of 18, and it started with me being disrespectful to my aunt. And so uh, she went and told my grandmother, because my grandmother is actually the person who raised me. Well, my grandparents, actually, both my grandfather and grandmother raised me. And, you know, being raised under um, your grandparents, it's a different kind of thing when it comes to being respectful. Mm-hmm. So uh, my grandmother told my, my uh, I'm sorry, my aunt told my grandmother how disrespectful I was and she punished me. I was on punishment for a week, but it felt like forever. She took everything away from me. So I could only come out of the room during dinner time, um, you know, breakfast, anything that included eating or me having to use the restroom. And so um, one day I was sitting in the room and I just had these words come into my head and I felt like I needed to write it down. So I grabbed a tablet and a pen and I started writing. And from there, that's when I realized I had a hidden talent for writing and poetry. And it started from there. So my first poem is actually in my book. And it's called, um, Look What You've Done To Me. So I wrote that 18, at the age of 18, and I'm in my 40s now. So (laughs) if that makes any sense, I was a little ahead of my time when I wrote it, because if you read it today, it's very strong. And it sounds like something that a mature adult would have written. But I wrote it at that time because I had nothing else to do. And so um, I've been writing ever since. I started my journey in the corporate sector um, as an executive assistant, and I've been in corporate America over 20 years. I actually enjoyed um, assisting uh, the C-level executives, and it allowed me to actually see how they work and incorporate some of that style into my journey. And so um, I did it. I liked it. It has helped me a lot. And um, aside from that, you know, I do philanthropy work. I like to work with elders, women, and children. And so I do have a private company called EWC, which stands for Elders, Women, and Children. And every holiday season, I gather my children together and we go to selective retirement homes um, in the city of Houston, which is where I'm from. And we take treats and gifts to the elders. So this past Christmas, we took almost 90 gifts to um, 
an elder community. And unfortunately, we could not engage with them like we normally would due to COVID. But we were able to see some of them and um, the people there were so nice. They sent me pictures so that I could see um, how their reaction was from those. And it just really warmed my heart uh, to see that. I also um, make sure that we go to um, different uh, shelters where women and children are living who have been there um, by either financial hardship or, you know, the woman has experienced um, being in an unhealthy relationship and it caused her to be displaced just to go somewhere to find security for herself. So I take clothing um, to those places so that they have something. Um, and I'm looking to... Um, get my 501c3 this year so that I can be more impactful in the community and do bigger things for the elder community and the women and children who are in shelters. Um, and outside of that, I dabble into a lot of other things um, such as um, getting my clothing line created. I actually put that um, as a soft launch when I re-released my poetry book. I did a tester just to see how that would work out. And I got some nice feedback with that and decided to move forward. So I'm working on that right now. Um, and the style would be kind of like how I am, very chic and um, comfortable for women and men. Primarily, I'm gonna cater to the ladies because we do a lot of maneuvering around, uh, especially when we're mothers <laughs> and we're trying to take care of our families and take care of ourselves. And, you know, I'll do some cool things for the guys as far as like the hoodies and the t-shirts and the caps, just comfortable fit for them. But for the most part, that's kind of where I'm dabbling right now. And I have a whole lot of things going down the pipeline but i'm doing a little bit at a time all right so let's start let's start with poetry right because that's sort of <laughs> where we start started with this. The fact that so you don't look like you're in your 40s can we just start with that yeah so so poetry right you started writing when you were 18 number one can you recite the first poem you wrote i actually can let me pull it <laughs> <laughs> Because while you're doing that, I, you know, I've written some poetry in my time too, right? And I could recite the first poem, but I don't know if I'm going to actually recite it for you guys right now. <laughs> okay. And, and to just be clear, here is the first there original is. copy. This is the original copy. It's 12 years old. Okay. And I re-released it. This is my anniversary edition. And I've added... Um, five additional poems to it. And I've Very also cool. added some imagery to kind of take the readers um, back into the moment of time of how I started to kind of catch them up to where I am today. And so it's it's been pretty good. It's, it's been pretty good. Um, let me find that poem for you. I think what this really shows is what you can do when you remove all distractions. I mean, look how this started. You had no distractions, right? And think about how much we're bombarded today and the children are bombarded. I mean, I know you're a little older, but think about what the potential is when you remove all of that other crap, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what I said the, the pandemic um, did. It put a lot of things in perspective. For a lot of people because you know we we all have been busy for a long time with life right and 
next thing you know, the whole world just shut down. It just went to a complete standstill and we were all forced to sit down and do an inventory check of ourselves and readjust some things. And uh, for some of us, it allowed some positive things to happen. And for some of us, um, you know, some negative things happened and a lot of people lost loved ones. I definitely lost family members during the pandemic. Um, I've experienced just a lot of loss in general and, and we can get into that, you know, a little later, but um, I found the poem. And so I'm gonna go ahead and, and read it to you. Um, it's called, Look What You've Done To Me. Okay. And again, I was 18 when I yeah, And you were punished in, in your bedroom. And, you were punished. So and I was punished in, in my really, bedroom, right? I'm really curious now. <laughs> okay. It, it reads, look what you've done to me. My black brother, my father, my used to be lover, can't you see? I've been over backwards, even bust my ass just to set you free. Yet you say the work that I have done still makes you unhappy. And just what exactly do you want me to do? Get down on my knees and scrub the heel of your shoe? I'm a black woman looking for my respect. I don't expect to come home, cook, clean while you jump down my neck. I've been out in the hot sun, picking cotton, bringing home the food and working real hard as you're sitting on your behind, chilling in the backyard. I've given you the world and you say you still can't see? You better open your eyes and look what you've done to me. Now look here, sir, and you hear me good because I don't plan to be misunderstood. If you love your life and you want to live it well, you need pay attention to how you treat me or I will send you straight to hell. There's no mystery on how well you've played your cards, going behind my back, lying to your boys, saying that you've done this and you've done that, knowing doggone well you ain't done jack. I'm the black queen taking care of this house. You better straighten your ass up before I put you out. Oh yes, when I say queen, I deserve to be treated like one, not sitting here in misery while you're out having fun. Just how long do you want me to take this mess? You better thank the Lord cause you sure been blessed. When you gonna get off your butt and be a real man instead of always saying, I know I can. You know, it takes a strong woman to confide in you to take this crap and say I do. But before I end this poem, I would love to give you a brief little warning. The next time you want to take a branch from a tree, think of the black woman. Look what you've done to me. That's awesome. I got awesome. goosebumps. Okay. And that was really, your first yeah, poem? really mature for an 18 year old. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm going to say I pulled from part of my grandmother's life uh -huh. because she grew up in an era where she wasn't um, able to go to school. So she had to pick cotton. That was what she was able to do. So I pulled from that. I pulled from. Um, you know, the experiences of hearing what people go through when they're in relationships. And I just combined all of that together and wrote it That's at 18. Cool. <laughs> oh, that was great. Wow. Yeah, my, my poetry at 18 was nowhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, awesome. Amazing. That was great. That was great. Thank so you. Now, 
your cover also, I know you recently talked about your your cover and, and mm-hmm. the re-release. What what was behind that? Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? About the new cover design? Yes. As a, okay. So with the new cover design, and I'm gonna bring it back up so that people can really see it. Um what I wanted was an imagery to reflect all of the writing that's in the book. And I wanted it to reflect the title as well. So originally, I was supposed to have an image of a woman sitting under a big tall tree. um, And her arms was supposed to be um, saturated in the soil of the earth with vines coming up her arms, which represents the roots that she um, has in our life. Unfortunately, that image did not translate the way that I was hoping that it would. So I went to my graphic designer. I talked to her about what it was that I was going for. And she sent me a few samples. And this one stood completely out to me. And I said, this is, this is what I want. I'm going to go for this. And, and we did it. And, and, and she did it. We did it. And... Shout out to Miss Tony with Art Addicts. Um, sh- she is on social media. You can find her. And definitely a shout out to my publisher, Great Publishing Company. Um, they are located in the Virginia area. And um, Kaniki Jakarta, she is the first Black um, poet laureate in the city of Alexandria. And she was behind uh, making sure this distribution happened. She did both of my books for me. So I want to acknowledge them for that. Um, So the meaning of this, I can say with this is, you know, this is a very strong woman. She's intelligent. She's fierce. Uh, She has a whole lot to say. If you look here, this is the tree Uh in in her. And Uh there's these branches these vines here, all of this represents the stories that are embedded in her. And um, she has something to say. And you can find out what she has to say when you go inside of the book and you learn everything about this very intelligent, beautiful, you know, strong woman. And so that that's what, that's the meaning behind this cover. Wow. That's, you gave a lot, that's a lot of thought. thank you yeah (laughs) you know now when you look at this one you know it's 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 a little different um you know it's me of course and and I'm sitting by trees and I'm just Mm -hmm. expressing myself Mm -hmm. but this one speaks more volumes than this one but you know I think there's an evolution there I really think that there's a big evolution there that shows your your evolution you know and and, right. and coming into the light kind of because you know it's so black and white right. in that first one right. mm-hmm. or let's get all poetic right you was a tree right you started off as a sapling <laughs> now you're you know. <laughs> right <laughs> wow thank you awesome. thank you yeah. that is awesome now that i mean obviously you've obviously the doing all of this there's it's can't come without challenges right i mean i'm sure Mm -hmm. you're i mean and one of your goals is to inspire others right i mean yes i i believe that a lot of how we inspire others comes from what we overcome right so i mean Mm -hmm. what types of challenges arise as you you know as you've gone through this 20-year journey 
I have had a lot of tragic experiences. Um, and I speak about that in my book too. My tragedy started at the age of 15. And I went through um, my pastor at the time taking advantage of me. And so it caused a lot of um, ooh, heavy, <laughs> heavy ooh. disruption in the church. And at the time, um, my best friend at the time, I, she was the only person that I told. And I think it didn't sit very well with her to keep to herself. So one day after church, uh, we were in second service. She shared it with my then um, male friend at the time. And he took it to a whole nother level and addressed it to the pastor after church and a fight broke out. Uh, between them and it caused a lot of disruption and that's when I was forced to say what happened and we had to leave um, it was my grandmother's church we had been there for a long time but in me speaking out caused other children to come out and speak and so with that being said um, I didn't like that I had to be the one to be put on front street but I helped other kids have the courage to come out and say what happened. Now, you know, he's still at that church today. I have come across him, um, just me being out. And he apologized to me for what he did. But, you know, it, it still took me some time to accept the apology because it was a hard thing to go through at such a young age. But, you know... <laughs> Right. Um, that part of my life has happened, but I've been able to now be able to speak about it and try to encourage other women who may have had that experience from somewhere in their life to, to go ahead and speak about it, to help other people start the healing of their journeys. Um, and then after that experience, um, at the age of 18, um, I lost my mother a couple of months before I completed high school. So she did not get to see me graduate. She didn't get to see me get married or have kids, but I, I lost her. Um, and then a year after that, I was in a major car accident that should have cost me my life, but I survived it. Um, I was run over in a vehicle um, by an 18 wheeler that drug me half a mile and, you know, shut the freeway down and made the news. And I came out with just scratches on my knuckles and my feet. I was headed to a job interview at that time. And so I became the talk of the hospital and this man came up to me and gave me a Bible and he heard about me and he said, you're supposed to be here. God has something for you to do. I'm going to give this to you. And you're supposed to go out and encourage people. I didn't know what that meant at that age. You know, I, I really didn't know what that meant, but I took it. I still have the Bible till today. I still have that Bible. Um, and then follow the next year, I lost my sister in a car accident. Hers was not as impactful as mine but she lost her life. And from there, it seemed like death just followed 
me for a few years because I ended up losing, you know, my grandfather, my grandmother, my aunt and my uncle. And it's been hard, you know, because all the important people that played a, a major role in my life as a kid, they are no longer with me. And so, um, as a matter of fact, today is uh, my grandmother's birthday. <laughs> and if she was still alive, she would have been 97. And then in a few days, it's her 10 year transition date from when she left me. And so um, it's a good day for me being here to talk about it, but it's an emotional day because it's my grandmother. And um, I'm, I'm not happy that I had to go through all of these things, but all of these things have made me extremely strong um, and able to just talk to a lot of people who experience uh, tragedies and don't know where to start with their healing. But um, you have to be able to sit in those emotions, feel them, express yourself and start the journey to healing. Because if you don't, it's just going to weigh you down and you're going to ha have a very hard time trying to navigate um, through life carrying those uh, heavy loads with you. Do you feel, do you feel like at those times, cause I know like, I, you know, my father died when I was young, you know, do you feel at those times you feel like these big bursts of like massive creative energy? Like, like after when things settle down, like it's emotional and like, I become very like emotional and creative and there's these big explosions. I'm just curious if you feel that also after some of these events. I do, because that's where the best writing comes from, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> you know, the, the best writing comes from things that you go through. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have these, especially when it's your experience. Right. You can really pull from your experience when you're going through something, especially when you're sitting still. Mm. Um, that's when stuff comes to you because you're still and there's no distractions there as opposed to when you're just busy, 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 busy. I mean, if you keep busy, like they're trying to jump with you and it's just going to hit you very hard. And yeah. the, the worst place for um, a, a heavy emotion to hit you is in front of people that you don't want to see you have that breakdown, you know? Yeah. I, I think it was Socrates that said, uh, beware of the, uh, bareness of a busy life, you know, cause you don't mm -hmm. have that time to think. Yeah. No, no. And that's why I, that's why I feel like, um, when this, when this pandemic came, it was necessary. It was, it was a necessary need to make us be still because we're busy. <laughs> the world is busy. We rarely have time to sit down and be still when we have things going on in life. And, I think I, I, I don't I don't really want to offend anyone, but I feel the need to say it. I think that God was tired of us ignoring him <laughs> and had to sit us down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people restored their faith during this time. A lot of people found their higher power again through having to be still. Mm -hmm. And um I, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate the stillness because I had an opportunity to look at some things on myself and my family. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think it's too, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, go back, like, you know, 200 years, we didn't have all this technology, you weren't getting interfered, there was no lights, you know, so we're, <laughs> we're going to do, you're going to write by candlelight, right? Like, there wasn't too much to do. And I think, you know, people were keep, spend that time being more in touch with them. And it seems like we sort of went to that in a different version over mm-hmm. the last year, you know, where mm-hmm. we sort of are self-reflecting because we have the time to self-reflect because we can't run to the store or run out, you know, from place to place to place. Uh, that's true. Um, and the good thing is about that, having that self-reflection time is that you get to love yourself a little bit more and you get to be patient with yourself a little bit more because we're hard on ourselves as individuals. And I don't think that we realize that because we've been trained by our parents that we need to, um, accomplish a certain level of ourselves in life and we're trying to appease our parents and we're trying to appease ourselves and we're trying to appease what the world say we should be and we're just you know in a rat race we're in the rat race of competing with ourselves and other people and so um to be able to finally sit down and say what do I want for me What do I want to do for me? Forget about what the world says I should do. Forget about what my parents say I should do. What do I want to do for me? And what is it that God has for me to do so that I can be happy doing what I'm supposed to do as opposed to what other people want me to do? Right. You know? Yeah. So then what would you say, what what would be your advice for people, you know, right now who are, you you talk about overcoming and and finding that stillness and and you know what would be your advice for someone who's really struggling right now you know what would you say to that person the first thing you really need to do is be very very patient with yourself be gentle be very gentle with yourself because um if you don't allow yourself to be gentle with yourself you're going to hurt yourself more allow yourself the freedom to breathe, (laughs) just breathe and start to purge things that is not effective and healthy in your life. If it's hurting you, get rid of it. Whether it's um, a person, if it's a thing, if it's uh, some type of unhealthy distraction and you know what those things are, get rid of of the things that are not going to contribute to the betterment of your life and allow you to grow in your spiritual space um, and grow um, into the best human space that you can grow into and take steps, take, take steps, take steps to get where you need to go. It's not going to happen immediately. Now for some people it may, Mm -hmm. and for others, it may take a little bit more time, but make an effort, make an effort to, to do better with yourself and, um, Get rid of your naysayers. They're going to be there, of course. But if they're in your immediate circle, definitely get rid of them. (laughs) You definitely get rid of them because they serve no purpose, you know, because when you hear people that's close to you that you trust to uh, be there to support you and they're showing you that they don't really care as much, they just want to beat you down, don't feel bad about getting rid of them because this is your life. You have to live it. We wake up and go to sleep with ourselves 
every single day. So it's on us to contribute to our own happiness and whoever we allow to come into our personal space, it should be a privilege for them to be there. And you should see it as such. Absolutely. I, I say that all the time. Like you want friends that are going to help you elevate and same thing. You're going to help your friends elevate and reach their goals. If you're not, what's the purpose, right? You know? Yeah. And, 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 and you have to understand that as you're growing, you're going to lose people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It's perfectly fine. It doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It just means that there are certain people that are not allowed to follow you in your journey as you are growing. And that's okay. That that's okay. You will meet the right people that's supposed to be there with you. And for those that are not supposed to be with you, they're going to fall off and you won't even have to do anything about it. They're just going to do it (laughs) and be okay with that. Yeah. Just know you have a you have a journey. You you have a destination that you're trying to get to before you transition out of this life. Yeah. So I have asked this question to a few people and, and I'll put it out here and, and ask it to the world. And it's an important question that you should ask yourself. And that question is if God called you home today and you had to leave. Would you be happy knowing that you did everything that you were supposed to do while you were here, that you were happy with everything that you did while you were here, and you are satisfied in your soul knowing that you can go on Mm -hmm. from living the best version of your life here on earth? And if your answer is no, (laughs) you still have work to do. (laughs) and do your work and you know if you can't be if you know that you're not going to leave here peacefully today do your work so when you leave you can leave in peace right totally agree and you know what you have to keep focused right you can't let these other things diverge you from your goal or whatever that is you want to accomplish there you know people or things you know so i have i have a question what's your favorite where is your favorite place to write I have to say in my house, really anywhere in my house, but I find the most comfort on the couch by the window because I have (laughs) this big, um, excuse me, I have a panoramic view um, and the way the light comes in, it just makes it real easy for me to just write but my writing comes the most at night yeah you know when the house is quiet and there's no distractions Mm. that's when I can really write this is us okay because every Tuesday I cry in front of this is us and then I (laughs) feel very inspired so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that that's really you know cool that you can allow yourself to be expressive in that way and it's, it's it's a good thing you know it's, it's not a bad thing. Whatever works, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm always, well, I'm always curious <laughs> where people, where they write and when, you know, so. Yeah. Mine's really come at awkward times though, because if I'm planning to write, it may not necessarily flow the way that I would like for it to flow, but it generally comes at very awkward moments. And then I'll just 
stop what I'm doing to write so I won't forget. Mm -hmm. But I, I can say I've had a lot of experiences where things come to me in my sleep mm -hmm. and I'll wake up, write it, and go back to sleep. <laughs> I, text my, I text myself when I forget yes. if there's something, I send a quick text to myself so that I can remember the next day because I will- Oh yeah, that, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I do. It's just easier than grabbing some stuff and writing. I'm like, remember this. And you won't forget it when you text yourself, you know? You yep. definitely won't forget. It. You'll be like, wait, who's this text from? Oh, it's from future me. You future know? me. <laughs> yeah, because our phones is our automatic go-to. You're not going to forget I anything. I know. You yeah. know, you can be en route to a meeting or en route to work, but if you forget your phone, you will, you are willing to be late to go That's back right. and get that phone. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. You got that right. <laughs> oh, Michelle, this was a really awesome conversation. You are incredibly inspiring. And, and I'm looking forward to you actually reading some of your poetry. I really am. Um, I, there are very few books. I mean, we have so many authors on here, but I really do love poetry secretly and I don't tell anyone. So I'm very excited about this. I really Well, am. you know what? Us poets, we don't get the same type of publication as... Mm -hmm other artists especially like rappers you can say rappers are poets they just yeah. deliver it differently in a right. different tone right but um it's good coming into the poetry world you can you can learn a lot of things there mm -hmm. and I'm actually working on starting a segment um I'm just narrowing narrowing down the time I want to start it but I'm actually going to start reading um pieces of my poems every Sunday um, and I'm going to tell the stories behind the poems and so that's coming soon they'll be posted on my YouTube page and um, for everyone that wants to follow me I can be found on Instagram Facebook LinkedIn and YouTube all under the T-H-E Michelle Lynette and just and, and follow me and keep up with me because I am doing a lot of different things. Um, I have a cookbook that I'm working on to release later this summer. And it's all of my favorite dishes, everything that I like with my twist to it. Um, there will be some of my recipes from my grandparents where, you know, they cooked certain meals. So I'm pulling from my grandmother and my grandfather. And then all of my favorite dishes that I like with my twist to it. So that's coming out later this summer. I've been working on it since last year. It's been fun. I'm gonna start the cooking process to make mm -hmm. everything, make sure everything uh, lines up with the instructions. So right. that's gonna be fun. Um, I'm also doing a children's book with my daughter Aww. that um, we are kind of bouncing back and forth on when we want to release it. I'm, I'm trying to tell her, I think we should do it in the fall when school starts back up. She's thinking sooner. I'm like, we'll, we'll come to a place of agreement at some point soon. <laughs> and I have a memoir that I'm releasing next year. I wanted to release it this year in the fall, but because of the pandemic, um, I'm not going to release it because the way that I want to release it will require some theater. And mm -hmm. I've never seen it done this way before. And so I want to bring the audience in to experience this with me. And so um, I've decided to do it next year in hopes that we are back to normal and I can bring everybody in. 
So uh, that's what I'm working on right now, along with getting the, the clothing line together. I also have a business that I'm moving towards uh, pushing out further that's dedicated to pregnant women and it's uh, pamper boxes. And so um, it was projected to release this winter, but unfortunately uh, the company that I was uh, looking to use to you know get my boxes together they're not active anymore so it's like uh you know I'm having to start over from scratch trying to find a vendor so for the most part you know these are just some of the things that I'm working on with myself and you know just follow me to keep up to date with things that I have going on and Michelle next year when you release that we'd love to see some of that theater for the for the memoir yeah. so we'd love to have you back on to, to... I want to I want to be part of it what yeah, are you talking about I'm <laughs> <laughs> just follow me to stay up to date with me i'd love awesome. to come back and, and conversate with you guys you guys were a joy um Absolutely. and also i i forgot to mention that i worked in the theater world too with the local um company here in houston awj productions and the owner and uh director is annie johnson go to amazon prime Look up Annie Johnson. She has some plays on there right now on Amazon Prime. I'm not in any of those productions because these are her more recent ones. I started with her in her infancy years, so I'm not there. But my first stage play was with um, Vicki Winans, who's a massive gospel singer. She's a part of the Winans family. That was my first stage play with her, and that was a very fun experience. So... Go check out Miss Annie Johnson um, on Amazon Prime. I call her the female Tyler Perry because she's just that great. <laughs> First, everyone read the Michelle <laughs> Lynette's book. <laughs> so. It's called Poetic Soul, Unspoken Roots. This is the anniversary edition. And it can be found on my website at www.the T-H-E, michellelanette.com. And go grab your copy. Grab your friend a copy. Grab <laughs> mom, dad. It, it, it's a nice read for everybody. Um, it it's, um, touches on politics all the way to love, having peace, um, you know, heartbreak. It's, it's, it's a good combination of things for everybody to either find themselves in there or someone that they know right. they can find themselves in there. Awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you guys for having me. And I look forward to coming back and conversating with you guys again. Absolutely.